It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall was busted. It's 62 long years. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight. And we're going to fight hard. It's going to be a do or die effort. It's going to be a determined bit. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. The stadium holds its breath. It's a goal. And the western suburbs erupt. So Franco Cozzo in Brunswick and Putzgrave. If I see one bloke walk out of here, give a pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land, the House of Sin and Studios Stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the country. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Kennel Cough. Um, just on that acknowledgement of country, we decided we were talking about um, Sir Doug Nichols' round mm-hmm. and what we could do sort of sort of make our podcast a bit less, col- I, I guess like all part of like the process of decolonization. We thought the yep. least we could do is start adding in um, an acknowledgement of country. So um, when you're listening to the Kennel Cough from now on, you'll be able to hear that at the start of every podcast. And I guess we'd encourage you to kind of, yeah, think about um, whose land you're on and what that means. And as well, I think with football, it's really important kind of the link between um, Aboriginal cultures and, like, football itself, I guess. Yeah. So, But, yeah, we're going to talk a bit about Sir Doug Nichols' round later on in the podcast. Yep. But for now, I am, of course, Neve Houghton, and I'm joined by Caleb Scanlon. How are you going, Caleb? Great. It's really good to be here this morning. Uh, we've got a massive show. Even though the dogs lost on Friday night, we've still found plenty of positives and stuff to talk about, I suppose yeah, you could keeping, say. keeping up beat. <laughs> As we do every week. Let's jump into some of the general headlines that we've come across this week. Um, there's a bit of news about Bailey Williams. and Yeah, going down Media Street, he, Bailey. I don't know if he really he doesn't come across as someone that really likes the media attention, but the best one was one that you sent me throughout the week, and it's a get to know Bailey Williams. Um, and it's just sort of one of those generic ones. You probably would have seen it in like a footy record back in the day. Um, nickname. His nickname is Horse slash Germ. <laughs> The two interesting takes. Uh, <laughs> what else is funny for you? Uh, best set shot at your club, Lewis Young. Yep, friend of the pod. Massive friend of the pod. Um, what else is it? So he said... I like my coach often says, defend. <laughs> best advice you've received, learn to defend. <laughs> and my, I also like favourite AFOW player. A lot of them say like somebody from the um like the women's team affiliated, yeah. but he's been like, not me, he said Taylor Harris. <laughs> he's <Fair> like... <laughs> You know, like, hop that all Western Bulldogs AFLW-listed players. Taylor Harris is his favourite, so <laughs> potentially she could be on the way to her third club. Here's a couple of good ones. Hidden talent, dancing. Then immediately after that, guilty pleasure, dancing. Your passions or interests outside of footy, dancing. Uh, life motto, enjoy life, drink Pepsi, be young. So I don't know if he's got a direct, like, sponsorship from Pepsi to put that in there. Yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, and then your best traits are <laughs> rip a haircut. That's so good. And it's funny because it's true. He has a ripper haircut, and he's also added a ripper tattoo onto his quad. Uh, yeah, so if you saw on um, the AFL Instagram, I think it was Michael Michael Wilson yep. took the photo, because um, me and Caleb got some pretty special seats. Oh, that was so good. Um, For the, the Bulldogs-Collingwood be- game. I wanted to make it out like it was some kind of media treat, but I'm not going to lie to the good people of the Kennel Cough, and it was just through Amy Insurance. So if you're an Amy Insurance customer, um, that, I mean, not that this podcast is sponsored, but Amy, if you are but listening... But we're open to a sponsorship. Open to sponsorship, because these were really good seats. Row A, level Amazing. one, because Amy was like, hey, do you want tickets to these games? And I was like, yes, I do. I mean, I won't say no. Yeah, exactly. And I took them. And, we, yeah, we sat right up the front. We touched the ball and yeah. it, when it inevitably missed from one of our set shots, I think. So that was pretty good. But also, I pointed out, um, we could see Bailey Williams. Um, so he was hanging around, like, the goal square, kind of full back most of the time. And um, I was like, check it out. Like, he's got a new tattoo. You can see. We were, this is how close we were. You could see that, um, like, where his leg had been shaved. Yeah. Like, so that the skin was a lot lighter and, and like, obviously not hairy because you can't tattoo over hair. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I'd kill just, like, to know what it says. And then, luckily, on that AFO Instagram, 
um, it says, where's my daddy? What do you, how do you interpret that? Is it something that he might say to his like forward opponents when after he does it? Like, you could, I'm your daddy now. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, or it'd be like, where, yeah, true. It'd be pretty interesting. He could just say it to like throw them off. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine like you're just standing there, you're like ready to get like the ball's coming in, like you're the forward player and you hear belly wind and you're like, <laughs> Where's my daddy? And you'd be like, oh my god! And then like, like completely drop it. Get someone that has like really bad issues with their parents or something, and yeah, break true. them before you the ball pull, comes. Like, you know when like Bagley from Essendon said that yeah. thing to Jed, said something about his Ted dad to Jed That's Lamb, right. and Jed Lamb, Jed Lamb's father was murdered. <laughs> so fingers crossed, Bailey doesn't get himself. But I mean, he is in another article about him. They described him as a shy guy. So maybe he's not talking to his opponents mm. at all. So he's just got that tattoo. And that was the article about um, him passing Eastern Wood as the intercept Mark King. Yeah, so which that's is pretty cool. That's I good. Think he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's having. He's been our most improved, I reckon. Big breakout Mark year for that. Bailey Dale last year most improved. Bailey Williams this year. Surely, um, after another Bailey, we'll be laughing. <laughs> yeah, we said that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. He's going to keep drafting yep. Baileys. Let's do it. Uh, this is an article. It wasn't so much an article, but I read Mark Robinson's The Tackle, and he number one on his uh, his. Dislikes list was the Western Bulldogs. He said, Thanks, Robert. Yeah. You know what I don't like? Showing up drunk for work. <laughs> <laughs> Mumbling through segments on yeah. AFL 360. <laughs> That's good. He tries his best. He's he does. He's got, got a heart of gold. Mm. <laughs> he said, uh, he described it as painful to watch uh, and even painful when you consider the records being made. The Bulldogs scoring has been a major problem, underlined by the m- miserable four points in the second half on Friday night. Uh, and then he just goes on to reel off a few more records yeah. that we broke. Yeah, well, at least if you're going to be bad, at least be <laughs> the worst. Like, yeah, be break. the best at being bad. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, he says, uh, what has happened to this team? Never thought this would be said of a Luke Beveridge team, but that was soft football after a solid 60 minutes. I don't – how much of St. Bede's Mentone did he watch to make that assertion? Because yeah. this is what Bevo's fourth year – uh, came in 2014, 15, 16, 17, yeah, fourth year. Is it? Yeah, because we had, no, we made finals 15, Sorry, 16, you're right. yeah. 17. 2014 was the year that McCarthy left. So this is his third year. First year was... Wait, again. no, 15, 16, 17. It's 2018. Yeah, so this is his fourth year. I cannot for the life of me remember what year it is. <laughs> Time is moving so fast. <laughs> Last week we got stuck on the draft. This week we've just been stuck on counting years just time yeah yep. so his fourth year not even halfway through not yet at the bye mm-hmm. um so three and a half really not that many games um he's like never that would be said of a luke beveridge team but like i want to be honest we haven't seen that much of a luke mm. beveridge, quotation marks a luke beveridge and team. i wonder what he does mean by a luke beveridge team anyway like i don't think luke beveridge is necessarily a hard nut like he's not the kind of Nathan Buckley scary mm. coach. Like, he's quite a... He seems like quite a... Well, like, and we didn't... Like, he obviously was an AFL footballer, but nothing... You know what I mean? Like, he's not like... You're saying like a Nathan Buckley, like winning yeah. Brownlows or whatever else. Like, I don't think he necessarily... He hasn't been established long enough to have a brand. Yeah. If you know what I mean? But anyway. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is one that was posted after the game and it said, Luke Beveridge says Western Bulldogs have soul-searching to do after 35-point loss to Collingwood. Um, I wonder what kind of soul-searching Luke Beveridge would have involved. I imagine it would be some kind of surfing. I was um, going to say he'll take them down to the beach and they've all got to like... <laughs> find their zen. Throw a rock into the ocean <laughs> and like imagine something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, That'd be cool. I'd partake in that. Um, and hopefully like in the ripple they see the reflection and then they're like, yes. Wow. I can do this. And wonder <laughs> life. Um, in more positive news, Ed Richards has won a rising star, which is fantastic. Yeah, it was great to um, you know, get the recognition for, I guess, the hard work that I've been been putting in. And I guess it's probably credit it's due to my, my teammates helping me out and you know putting me in the right spots and you know helping me be the, the best player that I can be. That was a little... Uh, excerpt from his interview that was published on the Western Bulldogs 
Western Bulldogs TV, whatever they yeah, like to call it. Yeah, and you can go on to westernbulldogs.com. So great. You pointed out that he takes this really deep, he's so drawn out breath. He's <laughs> like, he's talking and you can see he's really thinking about what he's saying. And then when he finishes his first question, he's like, <laughs> you can see his whole like chest rise. I was like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> you're going to be fine. But it's, it's like, it's funny because he's so composed. I think the reason like, which I like, it's, I take such big notice of it, I guess. I mean, lots of people are nervous mm-hmm. in front of the camera, so I podcasts are good because no one can see what you're doing. Yeah. Except when I'm talking with my hands trying to explain <laughs> something, it's actually bad. But we're actually shaking behind the camera. Yeah, hands I'm, just... I'm going nuts. I'm taking those really big breaths, but just really quietly. But um, like I think because he's so composed on the field, to see him like they put a microphone in front of him and he's like he's bricking it, like. I think it's it's funny, like to think, like I wouldn't be able to yeah. play in front of like a massive crowd like that and that sort of thing. Well, we thought he looked a little bit nervous on uh, Friday night because he did all these great things and then at the last minute, this is early on in the game, would maybe like slip over. Yeah, or he would just. Then like, a few other people were slipping over too. Yeah. But I think yeah, you're right. He had that kind of look on his face because we were talking about how it would have been so crazy for him to come up against. Collingwood, like I think it's yeah. funny that he got his rising star, like not ha ha funny, but like, <laughs> I, I've been expecting him to get one, and it's funny that it's ended up like him, the one that he's been recognised for is against Collingwood, yeah, because I think he would have imagined like growing up, like apparently, like I mean, his family's obviously like mad Collingwood, mm. like you would have always imagined, you know, like that's the jumper you'd be playing in, that's the song you'd be listening to, like those are the fans that would be cheering you and stuff yep. like that, so. Yeah, pretty interesting. But I'm glad, like, I love him. Like, I'm so glad that we mm. have him. And there are a few people that had a few things to say about Ed Richards. Nah, the first one was Sam Landsberger, who pointed out that he was a Collingwood... Uh, so Richard grew up with Collingwood star Dale Thomas on his bedroom wall and had he might have joined Daisy at Carlton if not for arriving 40 minutes late to a pre-draft interview. Traffic Jam helped lead him to Witten Oval, signed until 2021. Yeah, how good. So... Thank you, Melbourne traffic. I Every never thought time, I'd say it. Yeah, if I showed up late to a job interview, 40 <laughs> minutes, um, I don't reckon it would end up being good for me. And seeing how nervous he was in that interview, could you imagine how nervous he would have been oh, going thing. to Next a Carlton, like a late Carlton interview? Yeah, exactly. And it's a bucket of park around there <laughs> yeah. as well. <laughs> Poor kid. Uh, and then Jared Healy said, this kid is a star. He wins it under pressure and he makes good decisions ball in hand. Keep your eye on that redhead. He can really play. Also, he said he's got the vision, which I liked. <laughs> oh, very poetic. Um, so, yeah, that was on the couch. And Lion also added um, the most impressive thing is that, like we were saying, like he looked really nervous at the start and he had like a few ordinary moments early mm-hmm. in the game. But, like, you know, and I mean, Lion pointed out that he's a young kid. Like, I mean, that's why he's being nominated for Rosa. Yeah. Um, but he kept going and he stuck at it beautifully. So, he, you know, oh. he didn't let him, like, he didn't get shaken up by yeah. it. Like, he played the rest of the game really consistently. Um, and, like, got back into his groove, I guess. Yep, I could agree with that. Um, next article was one about, so, Paul Roos. I think, was was it on the couch as well that he pointed this out? Um, but Daniel Cross was, in quotation marks, imperative in setting a cultural tone in Melbourne's rebuild. Yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. No, not at all. He just seems like a pure human being. Yeah, Daniel, he does. Daniel Cross. Um, so, that's, uh, that's nice. I used to have his footy card and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, he was one of my, because my basketball number was number four. Oh, yeah. And he's number four before the Bont was. Awesome. So, yeah, pretty good. I feel like that's just another, um, like, alumni of Western Bulldogs that's gone on. Like, Sean Higgins, for example. Yeah, yeah. Went on. Been really good at set North. Set the tone at North. Um, I can't think of any other ones. So, there's two. There's two. Yeah. That's... That's, <laughs> that's an alumni. Two's a crowd. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we can, yeah, but, I, like, I understand the point that you're trying to make in that, like, we do have... It's not like he left because we were... Like, because he didn't, like, you know, his gentle and, like, good mm. cultured nature or whatever didn't suit. It was, like, that helped him and then it ended up him, unfortunately, leaving. I think he just got traded in the end, didn't he? Or something? Yeah. He just so didn't fit, like... was playing VFL in 2013 yeah. and then um, obviously got traded to Melbourne. Yeah. And, like, I think the other thing that's interesting with Melbourne is, like, obviously, like, Brendan McCartney is there at the moment. Yeah. Um, and he, one. like, kind put of him in the set... Alumni. Yeah, we'll put him him in the <laughs> alumni. But, like... Like, he kind of set up that list that Bevo took over. And yeah. I guess him working as, like, a, I think he's a development coach yeah. at Melbourne, like, developing those young players. Like, I was hearing last night or the night before somebody was saying that, like, you know, for for theirs, like, um, Melbourne is the most talented list and stuff like that. So, another one. Like, I think... Yeah. And, I mean, I think most, like, informed Bulldog supporters know that, um, like, McCartney was pretty instrumental in like the 2016 yeah. premiership without actually being there. Like he kind of laid the foundations. And I think 
um, Melbourne have been lucky to like get him to kind of like lay the foundations well, for them. This week we've learnt that Melbourne have, have won the grand final. Like that's mm, that's it. Much, They're locked yeah. in. They like, let's give them the flag already and push that narrative on them. <laughs> everyone else is battling out for for picks. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, so um, see how that goes for them. On Footy Classified on Monday night, there was a short little bit about the Western Bulldogs. Everyone seemed to just want to talk about Melbourne, um, but they somehow seemed to slot us in. And of the panel, Chris Judd was really the only one that sort of um, showed any support for the dogs. Caro quoted, um, <clears throat> they don't seem to have settled, uh, to have a settled team since they won the flag. Uh, and Lloydie... Uh, who just seems to always hate the Western Bulldogs, said, how long can we use the age excuse? Uh, and then he went after, like, he said, JJ, Easton Wood, uh, Marcus Bontempelli are in some pretty mediocre form. Um, but as I said, so Juddy said, kind of pointed to us missing a lot of senior players and said, you know, with uh, Murphy retiring, Boyd retiring, picking out. Um, that's, Morris out. So Yeah, Morris out. That's another one. Like, that's a huge chunk of experience. Uh, and Lloyd also randomly just said uh, he hopes that they stick with Shacky and Boyd. Thanks, so, Guy. Thanks. Thanks for the... I don't know. Matthew Lloyd just, as I said, hates the Western Bulldogs. It's yeah. Just, he, I, I um, never understand. Yeah, I'm not really sure why, but maybe the reason he's, like, thinking about Shacky and Boyd is because they're, like, big tall forwards or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to... I don't know. Well, I mean, that's good. They, just said they had something positive to say. Exactly. But <laughs> then they all finished the segment and said, "Oh well, they're all gonna they're gonna finish bottom six anyway." So what's oh, well. I was like, might get another Aaron Norton super draft. Riley West. Yeah, true. Well, that'll you I don't know, mind that at all. It's a super draft. There's worse years to end up in the bottom six. <laughs> uh, Fox Sports had an article yesterday about why Carlton should throw everything at out of favour Western Bulldog. Guess Mitch who? Wallace. Yeah. Mitch, I'm so excited to guess who. Can I, can I guess? Because I haven't read it. Who wrote the article? Tom Phillip? Morris. Morris. Tom, Tom Phillips plays for Collingwood. And played well. Tom Morris. Yeah. So Tom Morris, again, um, saying that we should. Yeah, he loves um, trying to get Bulldogs. He broke the Luke Dalhouse Cholong story, if you can call it that. And um, he's breaking yeah, one yeah. about. Um, why Carlton should throw everything at out-of-favour Western Bulldog Mitch Wallace. Mm. And so it's like Carlton should throw everything at out-of-favour Western Bulldog Mitch Wallace, says Fox Sports senior AFL reporter Tom Morris. Um, Has this guy watched any of the Western Bulldogs games? Like, Mitch Wallace, of all the doggies, I would say is proud, like most proud to be a Western Bulldogs player. Every time he kicks a goal, he'll grab his shirt. Yeah, I know, um, stuff like that. I'll cry if we get rid of him. Like, he's be, like he played a pretty good game against Adelaide, but then got dropped, but... I imagine he has something specific he needs to work on. I'm hoping, yeah. like I don't, I would really hate if we got rid of him because I think that's really sad. like I like having so many father sons. Um, I like that sort of thing, and yeah, like you were saying, like yeah, when he kicks a goal, like he grabs the jumper. Like I really, really think he bleeds red, white, and blue. So it'd be really sad if he, um, if I he was traded. But yeah, looking at this, it's just from the Fox Footy podcast on Tuesday, so it's not like. Uh, like, somebody in Clubland has been like, yep, we should go after that. Or, like, it is just Tom Morris's opinion yes. that has then been formatted into an article yes. for some content. Which seems to be it makes it happening sound- a lot with the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it gives us something to talk about. But I don't really... I think Carlton would be stupid not to throw everything at Mitch Wallace, is what he said. And, I mean, I agree. I just don't know why it's kind of been brought up as yeah. such. Like, I guess it's like, oh, out of favour players, like Carlton need a bit more experience and, like, it would be good for Patrick Cripps to have that kind of, like, hard nut support yep. and everything. But, yeah, um, I hope I hope they don't. I can't – I think if Bevo was like, yes, like, once you fix this, you'll be in the senior team, he would stay. Correct. I don't think there's any question about that. But, I don't know, we'll see how it goes because I really – I mean, Carlton, I don't have any particular, like, yeah. Yeah. Just it's not like he's going so to Collingwood or something yeah. <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, they're just really non-threatening. But um, interesting. I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of like why Carlton should throw. I yes. suppose, like, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a theory. Yes. Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've gone and they've gone, okay, Carlton could do with a midfielder. Who's a midfielder that's uh, been out of favour? Mitch Wallace. Yeah. Okay, that's a headline. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then our last 
sort of news-related piece was that Terry Wallace has been added to the Hall of Fame. Plow! The list manager. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, you've written here, so in his thank you speech, you talked about Hawthorne and Richmond are powerhouses now, but to the Western Bulldogs, it was and still is an amazing close community club. Yeah, so he was talking about the that? teams that he'd been at, and he was like, Richmond, like, you can see why they're so strong now. Hawthorne, what a powerhouse they've turned into being. And I was like, Western Bulldogs, a community club. <laughs> I was like... Thanks, Terry. <laughs> when you say it like that, I'm like, okay, it is kind yeah, of. Yeah, but I mean, I also like it. You know, and it, like I like that we're a bit more of a community yeah. club. I think it makes us feel like, you know, more close knit, and you kind of feel like you can be more involved at the club as well, just like by being a supporter. Yeah, I mean, we're both just supporters that like make a podcast because that's how much we love the club. So exactly, there you go. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. But I liked as well. He thanked the doctors. Um, he said, in a tough combative game, the medical staff keep you out on the park. I, I, I thought about doing a Terry Wells impression, but I can't really get the voice. Um, in particular, the docs at the Bulldogs, Jake Lenz, he named um, a doctor at Hawthorne as well, but whatever. We'll um, the docs at the Bulldogs, Jake Landsberg and Gary Zimmerman, those blokes were total professionals throughout my career. Wow. So, so the, that was nice. Landsberger and Zimmerman been at the club for that long. Yeah, yeah. They've wow. been at the club a long time, my friend. They must just be like banking all of their long service leave. <laughs> Yeah, I hope they never <laughs> yeah. go. Like, it would be so weird to have any other club doctor. Yeah. I would hate it. Let's move on to the VFL women's. <clears throat> they played uh, after the VFL men on Saturday. Uh, they lost to Collingwood 30 points to 38. However, they kicked the last three goals. Yeah, it was so, like the opposite to the men's yeah. games, like where the men fell away in the second half. The women actually took it up to them, but unfortunately... Fell just short. Uh, yeah, they they looking at the stats on the the app. It seems like we just absolutely flogged them in all areas, but again, couldn't kick goals early on in the game, which kind of hurt us. Um, players about stood goal out. Kicking. Yeah, the wind. <laughs> it is a windy place, but I don't think it's like a Bermuda that. Triangle of scoring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bailey Hunt had twelve tackles. Libby Birch, who you pointed out was the captain. I yeah, didn't she was the captain for the day, which was cool. It's awesome. She had 20 disposals and um, Naomi Ferris was named best on ground for her seven tackles and 17 disposals. Yeah, I think it's cool that that was Ferris's first game um, in the VFL for the year. She had a bit of a break because I didn't th- like she'd been playing footy, but then she had AFOW her first season. And like I think we really saw, I mean, she got Rising Star one of the last ones yeah, yeah. of our many to get a Rising Star nomination. Um, and that was really cool because at the start of the thing, I was like, oh, man, she's like a real, like, I don't want to, no disrespect to Naomi Ferris, but I thought, oh, she's just like a filler player from the Spurs sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But as the season went on, she got so much better. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see that she's like come straight back into it and like plays best on ground. And I think, fingers crossed, she will be a really important player for both VFLW and AFLW going forwards. I wonder whether... Um Footscray and the VFL women's, we'll see a lot more of the players coming back because, as you said, they don't really get a chance to have a holiday. Yeah. Um, it goes straight from the end of AFL women's. There's maybe like a half a month, a month there, and then it's into VFL women's. So I wonder whether um, our Footscray team will just keep getting stronger as all of our AFL women's listed yeah. players come back. Um, and as we're seeing, Libby Birch played her first game on the weekend. Naomi Ferris played her first game. So I think even though we got flogged in our first two games... I think it's an upwards trajectory. Yeah, and I suppose while it would be good to win the VFOW Premiership as well, not that I think I don't think it's particularly likely for this year, but I guess we are just kind of like the development side yeah. for the um, for the main AFLW season. <laughs> and this week they're taking on Northern Territory Thunder on Saturday AKA afternoon. The Adelaide Coast. <laughs> yeah, they've just stacked with like AFL listed players. Yeah. Um, which yeah, most like the Adelaide Coast girls, pretty much most like all the good ones went up there. Because like I mean, the VFLW is the best women's league in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the WAW, the Warful FL. So WAW. Yeah, WAW oh, okay. FL um, <laughs> wow. is like pretty good, but okay. I think VFLW is the best. Um, and yeah, so because of Adelaide's affiliation with the Northern Territory, I think. Um, the Adelaide girls were like, yep, cool, we'll go play for the Thunder. Fair. And now they keep beating everybody. Yeah, and people aren't happy. Like, I know um, after round one when they flogged Darabin Falcons, mm. people were just like, yeah, up a lot in of arms. the Darabin supporters were like, this isn't fair, like, blah, blah. I'm like, you've won the last yeah, five yeah, yeah. 
have a sook. What is this losing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, and I mean, it's sad that it's kind of, I guess the community clubs are um, like becoming less. Like Darabin's the only like completely standalone women's club. Mm. Melbourne Uni, obviously supported by North, and then everyone else is either affiliated with a VFL or an AFL side. Um, oh, Northern Territory, I suppose, but they're affiliated with like the yeah. They're NIFL, aren't they? Northern Territory uh, in the men's. Yes. Yeah. So yes, like everyone yeah, yeah. else has got like some kind of other club that they're coming out of, um, but like Darabin have been so dominant for so many years. The reason that the the only community club left is because of their dominance, and like, how does it feel? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We'll see how it goes. But mm. Interesting. Let's review the AFL game on the weekend, uh, and we've just got this little clip from what Luke Beveridge had to say from after the game. And uh, I thought some of our younger players you know, probably played, you know, uh, pretty consistent games. You know, the, I thought Ed Richards and Rourke Smith and you know Bailey Williams at times. I thought, yeah, you know, all our backmen really. And Jackson Trengave was pretty solid, and Matty Suckling was pretty good for large parts of the game, but. Um, but other than those lads, you know, we just didn't have any consistency, uh, you know, forward to centre and through the arc. So the only player from the Western Bulldogs that post- polled, pardon me, a coach's vote was Jackson Trengove, who we picked up in the 2017 off-season, which is a positive if we want to spin it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. he played really well. He, I thought he did as well. He looked good as a defender. Yeah. Um, and he does a little bit in the ruck as well, which was cool. And I assume the one vote was from... Bevo, because um, he did bring him up in the press conference yeah. as well, and so I mean that's good. I, I liked. Um, <laughs> this is one, one thing I noticed about Trengove is Collingwood are just like a bunch of rat bags. Like they, the video of uh, Trelaw like going after Jackson McRae. That's so funny. And and he falls him. over. It's on our um, Twitter oh, if you want to check it out at Kennelcoff Pod. Please go and, and it watch loops it. as well. It's, it's short so enough that good. it loops on Twitter, and so you can just sit there and watch it. And I think it's really funny because McRae just kind of like moves. <laughs> but Colin, you're right. Collingwood are a bunch of rat bags. Yeah. So my point being that I feel like Trengove was one that sort of gave it back to him a little bit. Like he yeah. flew the flag a little bit, and I I really enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, I saw him um, side bottom was having a go at um at McRae at one point in the first because I watched the first quarter back um last night. I mm-hmm. couldn't. Didn't have time to put myself through the other three. That was the only um, quarter you really very, needed to watch. Very busy woman. Um, and, yeah, they had to side bottom started having a go at McRae. And I was like, are you just pissed? Because like, you were the – everyone was going, like, oh, side bottom's having a like, belter of a year. And then all of a sudden McRae came on the scene. <laughs> took all your media spotlight away. Still yeah. uh, crying to your best name of the year award, you big freak. Like, there you go. <laughs> imagine calling your kids still side bottom. Like, you would just constantly have a chip on your shoulder about yeah. your whole life. <laughs> Uh, it's really I wonder bad. if they did it. I always think like they must have done it on purpose. Yeah, like you, you can't overlook the fact that like, mm, I wonder if this name could be like joked about at one point. Mm. Especially when your last name is Sidebottom. Like, <laughs> like you consider all options before you go with Steel. Uh, but you know, it's memorable each to their own. True. Yeah. Okay. Full power to Mister and Missus Sidebottom. <laughs> um, you've written here that we were potentially tired from last week's game because we were swimming. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all saw how Adelaide was. And, like, having to yeah. go interstate and then come back from that, you'd be bloody bloody wrecked. Um, and we saw as well with Adelaide's game, they got until Sunday to recover and didn't have to do, I don't, well, I don't know, Adelaide to Alice Springs is probably a similar difference distance to Adelaide to Melbourne, yeah, you'd reckon. But they got that extra two days mm. and, like, could recover straight away at home. I think the annoying thing would be being so tired from, like, running around in, like, Pretty bruising conditions, yeah. Yeah, and then having to, like, get on a plane pretty I think, I assume the next day, um, would be pretty tough. And, like, don't want to make excuses because I think, you know, this is part of your job and, like, you get paid to recover and you get paid to be strong and fit. But at the same time, like, it is, like, part of an explanation, I guess. And, yeah, we saw, like, Adelaide just got jumped. It was interesting because they got jumped at the start and then petered out, but we jumped Collingwood at the start and then... Petered out, so it is. It they is a great kind of came back into it, yeah. but then kind of lost it again anyway. It is a, yeah, it, it's a mystery to me as to how we had such a big drop off after half time. But when I rewatched the first quarter, I, I don't want to say we got lucky, but we had a lot of things work in our favour. We kicked goals um, that were difficult, and then that gave us momentum. And I think in the third quarter, we had chances to kick goals, and we didn't put them away. Marcus Bontempelli missed one. 
Dalhouse missed one. I think it might have been Hunter missed one as well. Um, and I think had we have kicked those, it would have just been not only on the scoreboard, but like a wind of momentum. And in the first quarter, we just kicked those goals and we had a couple of 50s go our way. Not that they were cheap 50s, but we just, you know, Collingwood probably reeled it in a little bit after that. Yeah, I think, um, well, Bevo said in the um, press conference, couldn't think of what it was called, um, that, yeah, we gave them the open side of the ground coming out of our forward line and made it, like, easy for them to, like, transition the ball. Yep. Did you just touch on that or am I... No. Okay, good. For a the second I had to see, I'm head. like, you just... Oh, you didn't. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that sort of thing. And as well, I read another article that said, like, putting Dugowie into the midfield, like, shook everything up and we didn't really have an answer for it. But, you know, at least no one's been convicted of drink driving. <laughs> Uh, it's a great. When call. we were sitting on the fence, I was saying to Caleb that I was really hoping that Dugowie would <laughs> come like to get a ball and like have a kick, and I'd be like, "Oi, Jordan, are you driving home, mate? <laughs> who, do you, who drove you here, Jordan? Your mum? Ride your bike, Jordan? Yeah, so you take the bus, mate. <laughs> just like give it to him. Oi, Jordan, do you got auto top up on your Mikey now? Just, like, do you have a Mikey pass? Because you have to take the bus all the time because you can't drive. <sighs> but like, he's just oh, just, he just um, seems like. How's your dog, mate? <laughs> just like... Has your dog forgiven you for throwing yeah, him under the bus? Oh, my God. How oh. rude. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty... Yeah, it just kind of fell apart. Mm. And I thought it would be good to watch the game partly back because, like, I was just so excited about sitting in the front row <laughs> right? that, like, I blacked out with excitement. I thought after the game, we were just like, oh, geez, that was that was actually awful. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we're, we're just overwhelmed with having great seats. And yeah, having a really good time. And I was crap the whole time. And yeah, then, like, exactly. Oh, we got flogged in that second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah, it didn't really, I didn't really notice it because I was just like, oh, my God, everyone's right here. <laughs> I can hear Bella Williams yelling at Easton Wood. <laughs> this is incredible. And I was saying as well that it was kind of like um, how Amish people get like a year yeah. in, in the real world to decide whether they want to be Amish. Like coming from sitting up in like the nosebleeds to coming to sitting down on the goal line. Well, lucky we weren't in, like, Medallion Club and uh, didn't end up in any brawls. Oh, yeah, how funny. But have you noticed, it's been at the Collingwood games that all the brawls yeah, have been Yeah, I think the common, like, the common denominator is Collingwood. Collingwood. So. Mm. And, like, they've got a ratbag team on the field. they got ratbag support yeah. off it. So, I mean, even Dane Swan's clothing Culture. label is, is... No, but his clothing label is called ratbag. Is it really? Mm. Oh, well, I suppose he's embracing it. Yeah, he's <laughs> reclaimed the <word laughs> I don't know, but yeah, um, sure. pretty interesting. Somebody said, oh, I said something. When Mason Cox, like, smacked into JJ, I yelled out that I was going to get him deported. And, like, as a joke, like, obviously, like, <laughs> boom, we're going to get Mason Cox deported. But, like, this Collingwood supporter woman, like, behind us, I don't know if you heard her, she was like, that's not very nice. <laughs> Did she really? Something like that, like, telling me. Oh, that's great. But I was like, open, like, I'm clearly joking. Like, what am I yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. do? Dear Peter Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, an immigrant man terrorising South, oh, South Africans as well And Peter Dutton cares about the South Africans yeah, a lot Yeah, exa- exactly I was like, he's hitting JJ Who's a South African that's come over here And I don't know, don't want to get too political in this podcast But I'm going to get Mason Cox to put it But um, I wonder how his like visa works though Because I mean, for mm. most of the players who are like a, Working from visa? a different like mm. Um, country, they've came over as kids and, like, you know, that's what, like with JJ, like, he came over when he was, like, five or something. Um, But, like, Mason Cox obviously came over as an adult. Because, you know, with your working visa, you can only be in the country for so long and then you Mm. have to, like, has he had to circumvent? So, from what I've, from conversations with internationals at our hockey club, I think someone can sponsor you or something. So, like, your work can put X amount of money. So, I I feel like Collingwood would be like, okay, we can afford to sponsor. Yeah, especially, like, a club like Collingwood. You, like, get the wrath of, like, Eddie (laughs) Maguire, like, calling you up from the Triple M office, like, demanding demanding an interview. Yeah. See how it goes. Anyway, something Um, something to ponder. Something to ponder. (laughs) What did you make of Shaki's debut? I thought it was good. Derm. Bloody Dermot. Has questioned whether young Bulldogs forward Josh Shackey has the hunger. The hunger. To see himself as one of the great future powerful, uh, powerhouse forwards. Who says that he is going to be a great future powerhouse forward? A derm. <laughs> okay, well, derm. Obviously, Hawthorne man. Jack Gunston. Extremely good player. Bit skinny. Plays yeah. in the forward line. Would you describe him as a powerhouse forward? No, gosh, no. Would you describe him as a very good player who contributes 100%. a lot to his team? Yes. Yeah. I rest my case, Dermot. 
And <laughs> let's just remind Dermot that Jackie's 20 years old. Yeah, 20 years old. Who had mental health problems last year. Like, look after the man. Yeah, I, don't, I really don't think, like, all these old blokes kind of get it. Yeah. Like, they just don't really kind of take into consideration... They assume everything. They want to go on about how it's not like it used to be, but at the same time, they won't put into consideration reasons why things might not be yeah. why they used to be. Because like football is like all-consuming. Like I imagine a lot of them used to have jobs on the side, yeah, and they didn't have to train every day. They didn't have to go to the club every day. They didn't have this kind of like media because it wasn't a twenty-four hour news cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, like they didn't have those sort of pressures and things to think about. And like growing up, you're like constantly exposed to it. You've yep. got Tack Cup. Like, you don't get to just, like, have a run with the under-19s then get promoted. Like, that's not how it works anymore. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressures. Some people predisposed to dealing well and, like, using it as a motivator. Some people aren't and they need, like, a bit more, you know, like, you know, you're going to be good. It's going to be fine. Like, I know I don't respond. Like, when I'm at training and someone that yells at me to do something, I'm like, no. I'm just going to go home and have dinner if you're going to yell at me. Like, <laughs> I don't respond well. But, like, you know, like, and so you have to learn, I guess, what works for you yeah. and what doesn't. And then take that into account. And I'm sure Shaki is learning that. Because he's not going to be like, oh, that's not how I learn. I'm not going to do it. Like, he's yeah. like trying his heart out. Um, and also, some people just don't have very, like, expression yeah. on his face. Like, that's not... And especially when you have Tom Boyd in the forward line. Like, yes. you know that he's the focal point and you're there to help out. Yep. And I thought his field kicking was good. I thought he had, like, yeah. a few good goal assists. 100%. He kicked a goal. Yeah. We, don't, we didn't kick any goals in the second half. Exactly. He outscored our whole team in the second <laughs> half. I agree. I think it's such an easy cop-out and it's a scapegoat. I think they've just gone like, oh, his, the Doggies yeah, play crap. It was first game. And it's such an easy one. Like, oh, and, you know, they didn't play well and Shaki and Boyd underperformed. When yeah. anyone that watched the game would have been like, you know what, they actually kind of, they actually they kind of played did well. okay. And for their first, like, senior game together, like, I knew they had a bit at VFO together. Yeah. But then Tom Boyd, a couple of weeks, he's been in the seniors now. So they've been separated for a little bit. I imagine they'll be training together, but it's not the same. Mm. And then you come into the team. I thought they actually did a good job. And, like, you would, like, and I get when people were saying, like, Wood didn't have a good game either. But another thing I do is, pardon me, we just had something to eat, so I'm burping a little bit. But, um... The old barracks come back to bite. <laughs> yeah. $3.50 lunch has somehow stabbed me in the back. But, um, um, like, Wood got a massive knock from Mason Cox in the first quarter. Mm. Watching it back, I didn't notice it because it was happening down the other end of the ground from where we were sitting in our front row seats. But um, <laughs> I'll let it go soon. But, um, yeah, he, like, gets smacked up from the side, like, like he- head over heels, ass over whatever. AOT. Yeah, just, like, scooped up, dumped down, smacked in the ribs. And so I reckon he'd be playing, like, a bit ginger. Like, yeah. He's a pretty tough bloke, but I reckon he'd be playing a bit ginger for the rest of the game. But it's hard when, like, your captain can't have that output. And then you don't have, like we were saying earlier in the pod, like, Dale Morris, Liam Pickin, Bob Murphy, Matthew Boyd there, who normally yeah. would be there to, like, mop it up. Like, I think – I know what Caro meant. I'm kind of backtracking way now. But, like, no. by saying that we were unsettled, but there's reasons that we're unsettled. Exactly. And you can't expect a team to just, like, switch. All right, Shaki's in. These people are out. Like, this is happening. Shaki's going to powerhouse forward. Like, blah, 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 blah. It's just un- – it's unrealistic. Yep. Um, free kick, unrealistic attempt. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying my bit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't like how Dermot... Going back to our original point, mm-hmm. um, Dermot says, I don't know if he is ever going to be a big, powerful-looking Jonathan Brown style of forward. <laughs> Me neither, my guy. Like, I don't understand. Let him, like, grow into his own. How about like, if he's, uh, he's a Josh Shackey style of forward? You know Heck yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm like, in for that. I think that's a bit rough. And I think as well... Comparing him to Jonathan Brown is stupid because he'd just been up at Brisbane where everyone's like, oh, finally they've got someone in for Jonathan Brown. Yeah. Um, and At least at the Bulldogs, there's not like a, a recognisable full forward that he has to, I mean, Barry Hall, but even then, like, no yeah. one's saying like, oh, he's the next Barry Hall. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that's just, it's not productive to talk about people like that. Give the man a chance. Exactly. Yeah, literally. It's his first game. Mm. I hate this. Anyway. And moving on, um, David King suggested, uh, not even suggested, on SEN, he pretty much was just like, Wallace, Biggs, Dunkley won't be on the dogs list by the end of the year because these are premiership players, except Wallace didn't play, so he obviously got that wrong. But it's like, <laughs> these premiership players, like, you know, lists will be crying out for them. I think that's a bit of uh, an overreaction. I can't see Dunkley leaving because that's the first time he's been dropped. 
if you mm. like. And it didn't have like a massive output. Like you could tell that Wallace is the one that I'm like, whoa. Um, Shane Biggs. Oh, Shane Biggs is an interesting one. Sort of. I, I would mean, in, I'd be interested to know what his like contract status is. Yeah. I suppose they can trade him. Wallace, yeah, I don't know. Like, I sort of get. I, I assume Wallace must have been dropped to work on something, mm-hmm. but I really hope he doesn't leave. Dankley got dropped because he wasn't performing, so that makes sense. Like, I think we'd still want him on the list because he can mm. play. F- he's a good, strong forward, and he's good in the mid as well. Like, I would keep him. Yep. So and then Big, Biggs, Biggs' contract uh, ends at the end of this year. Yeah, Biggs is the one that so I would be surprised if he got traded, and I'm gonna like. He's 26 years old. Um, I mean, I love him. And we, oh. we both love him. And I would keep him on purely for team energy and, yeah. like, very good spirit the at the morale, club. The morale. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? The... Culture? Yeah, like, not cult <laughs> hero, but, like, the more... The spiritual leader. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I don't know if he is a spirit. He's a spiritual... He's my spiritual leader. I want to see the stats of if Redpath and Biggs play in the same game, whether, like, they both play better games together. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. It's that it's that synergy. Um, Biggs is the one. If I was going to look at those three and say which one is the most likely to not be on the list, I would say Biggs. Yep. Unfortunately, I'm crying mm. as another good thing. Like we were saying earlier about podcasts, you can't see anyone. I'm actually covered in my own tears right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I hope not Wallace, and I assume not Dunkley. I assume not Biggs. I wouldn't be surprised. Disappointed, yeah. but not surprised. And the one I haven't let, like put on there is Lin Jong. But uh, again, I Lin Jong would, in my opinion, repay the club the faith the club has put through him. You know, he's been through a few injuries, um, and I think. No, you just signed that contract as well, didn't you? Oh, okay, there you go. Sorry, I completely. Or like about last, because remember how he's like touring Collingwood's facilities. That's but right. Then he ended up committing to us. Yeah. He was maybe going to go up to Gold Coast. Can you imagine? <laughs> Lin Jong Awful. on the Gold Coast. Uh, Enoughy of the week from last week, we had a winner, which was Yuck. And Yuck was very funny in that he said, our conditioning (laughs) staff must smoke crack. (laughs) So, Yuck, uh, you can come and collect your Nuffy Award from us um, next Wednesday. What's (laughs) the award? Uh, I got a couple of, like, old Ted's Towers from 2006. You keep... Going on, I would love a Ted. I would love a Ted's towel. You know what? On at the VFL on Saturday, they were giving out microfiber towels, and I grabbed one, and I was That's like, "I wonder nice. if I'll have this in twelve years' time." <laughs> like I have my Ted's towels. A microfiber towel. That's we got a bit of premiership money left over. Oh yeah, we're handing out big budget. Handing out microfiber towels. <laughs> uh, send us through any nuffies that you find um, on Facebook or Twitter because we love interaction from Instagram. the Kenilworth community. Somebody you see outside on the street. Yeah. Um, any of the panellists on any show, yeah. to be honest. Journalists. <laughs> Tom Morris. <laughs> oh, that makes it like, look. We'll call it the Tom Morris of the week. <laughs> yeah, true. If he keeps going on like this. No, the Tom Morris of the week would just be like, I'm going to choose a player and say <laughs> he should get traded. Just roll a dice and like whatever it la- whichever player it lands on, he'll be like, okay, he's gone. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's leaving the dogs. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Conspiracy against that player. Uh, the Zimmerman's report. We have this audio grab uh, from the Western Bulldogs. Zane suffered some contact in the second quarter of the game on the weekend. He was okay initially, but then developed some symptoms throughout that quarter. When we took him off the field and assessed him, he did have signs of concussion, so he was removed from the game. We'll assess Zane this week and make a decision on his availability later in the week. Aaron Norton's made a really good recovery following his ankle injury. He ticked off a really good footy session over the weekend and he's in line to return to full training this week. If he ticks the boxes as we expect, he'll return to playing this weekend. In some good news, Brad Lynch has made a really good recovery following his hamstring injury. He's ticked off a lot of our measures so far and he's due to come back into full training this week. If he gets through training like we expect and ticks our final boxes, he'll come back into availability this weekend. So the big injury from the weekend, Zane Cordy concussed during the game and it was delayed concussion, which is an yes. odd one. Uh, so he set out Spooky. half the game. But the good news is Aaron Norton could be back this week. Yeah, so that's nice. So I suppose oh, you could have like one in, one out. And I completely forgot Bailey Dale, four to six weeks yeah, with we just... a stressed foot. Me too. Yeah, I'm stressed. Bailey. My feet are always stressed. My whole, my whole body, I'm stressed all the time because I beg for the bulldogs. <laughs> um, no, but that does suck for Bailey. But I think it ex- maybe if I feel like a stress thing is like something that kind of builds. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... 
not a doctor, <laughs> but you should trust my opinion. But you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, it like sprained it. Like it was an incident. It was like, oh, this this happened. And yep. he played the game. So I imagine it was something like post-game, which could explain why he wasn't playing the best because, you know, he'd, it would might have been like building, particularly on the last game. For sure. So that's my theory. And I, and I read somewhere as well, somebody saw in the rooms that like Bont just gets like this massive ice pack on his yeah, head Yeah, I saw now. that as well. And people are like, oh, Bont is not performing. And he'll probably need surgery over the off-season. Yeah. I imagine that if once it gets to the point where we like are not making finals, if it gets to that point, uh, yeah. but let's, let's be conservative in our estimates here. <laughs> when it gets to the point that we're definitely not making finals, I think he would go and just get like surgery. we'd get him... Uh, like early so he can start pre-season on time and things like that. Yeah. Um, have a bit of time off. I mean, hypothetically this week, um, if Norton and Cordy uh, play, that's mm-hmm. like two defenders, then there's Morris and the specimen, so Marcus Adams, that's four defenders. Um, I mean, Lewis Young ripped it up as well in the twos we're about to talk about. I think our back line could be at, at its strongest. Like yeah, it's been all season. in there like he did. Definitely, yeah. Last week. Yeah, it could... Look. And, like, Crozier can go back and forward. I thought he played pretty good the other day. Yeah, he seemed to get whipped a lot in the... In the yeah. Um, what is it? Like, the uh, forums that we're in. But um, <laughs> I think it's another cop-out that they're just like, okay, let's look at the stats. Who didn't play that well? Yeah, I think he had a good... He seemed to position himself pretty well. And, yeah. like, he could swing up forward and play, like, as a small defensive forward. And because he can take those big leaps... And, like, other clubs will know that. They'll be, like, right on him to make sure they don't give him any room. And he can, you know, pull his defender out of the way for, like, a Shakira boy Definitely. to lead into space, which is what they're good at. So, yeah. aha. <laughs> yeah, cop Coaching. Uh, in the reserves, uh, we lost to Collingwood in a very similar fashion to the ones. We started off really, really strongly and then died away in the last quarter. We let them kick, like, I think it was six goals. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, individually, there were some outstanding performances. Uh, Lucas Webb had 31 disposals, 17 kicks, and five tackles. So, again, seems to just, like, rip it up. Rip at, it up at the VFL. Yeah. And I, I, want him, I want him to come into the AFL and cement his spot because yeah, I like him so to nice. play. My I, brother hates him. My brother does not like Lucas really? Webb. Really? I think that's his... He's whipping boy, if that makes okay, sense. Okay, so you pick one. How can you pick any whipping boy? Right. In my opinion. Uh, I love all my boys equally. <laughs> Share it around. Mitch Honeychurch kicked two nice goals um, and had 16 disposals, two tackles. But they were, they were set shots, which is something that you know we, we, we could use in the Set uh, shots? AFL. Two from two? Right. Um, oh. And like when he kicked on, I was like, man, get this man in the ones. Get him coaching <laughs> the forward line <laughs> yeah, for all true. I care. Somebody uh, needs to do something. <laughs> this is a big one. Tom Campbell, 72 hit outs. That's, That's incredible. Nuts. Uh, It'd be interesting to see who was rocking against though with like Grundy mm. and Cox in the ones. Like I couldn't tell you who else was tall and calling was if. But also I really don't pay any attention to Collingwood. So. <laughs> who cares about Collingwood? Yeah, exactly. He, he could be the third greatest ruckman in the league mm. and I wouldn't be able to tell you who it was. And I mean, Tom Campbell, if he's getting 72 hit outs and he's hitting it down to Wallace, he's hitting it down to Dunkley, Jong, Honeychurch... It's a pretty strong midfield. So Webb with 31 Webb, yeah. I mean, again. <laughs> it brings into question how we did lose to Collingwood. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's Fun. <laughs> Must have really ripped it up in the first bit of the game. <laughs> Fletcher Roberts kicked two goals. Yeah. Uh, like, reading that, game. you're like, awesome. Like, Lewis Young, 13 marks, I think we touched on. Mm-hmm. Like, third, third, in the words of Anthony Hudson, 13. You know what I mean? Like, interesting uh, yeah, 26 disposals for Louis Young. And that man is a specimen. Seeing him, I, he's put on some serious KGs. Um, you reckon? I reckon. Been checking him out? Yes. Been Sorry, Louis. doing some skin folds? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to... It just got weirder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no, but it's pretty good. And there's a little highlights reel yeah. on the Bulldogs Twitter if you want to see... I think. I mean, we can't look past our friend of the pod, Fergus Green. One goal, six tackles, ten disposals, and highlights. Pretty real. goal on the move as well. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, um, I don't know if, in the words of, um, what's he? Is it Dwayne Russell that says shake and bake? 
<laughs> he did yeah. a bit of a shake and bake and uh, snapped it through. Pretty good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, looking looking good. Hopefully on the brink of a debut. Yeah. Um, I, I think he will debut very soon, particularly with that injury. Got to get those positive vibes going. Yeah. With that injury to Bailey Dale, a very similar player, I think, if Ooh. not this week, over the next couple of weeks. Don't jinx him. Touch wood. <laughs> uh, let's preview this week's game against Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne are in some serious <laughs> form. Yeah, I'm really excited. Match of the round. <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing them Saturday uh, afternoon. We've got the early game. Playing them at Etihad. So yep. uh, hopefully the works into our favour. Melbourne we said play that last week. well at Etihad now too, which yeah, is annoying because they used to be really bad at it. <laughs> yeah. And they towed us up there last year. Yeah. I remember I couldn't go to the game because I was commentating. Haha. <laughs> and um, I was like, damn. And I was in Footscray as well. Because um, it was a Spurs game, I think. And then I kept checking. Like, I wore my Bulldogs jacket. Because I'm like, look, I'm going down to Bulldogs Heartland. Yeah. Bulldogs game's on. The people need to know I'm on their side. <laughs> and um, I kept checking the score. And I think at one point they, like, went to me for special comments. And I was just like, <laughs> silent, like, looking at my phone. It was horrible. Special comments from Nate. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. back to me. <laughs> yeah, please. Just, I need a moment. And, my like, my sister is very, not reserved at the footy, but, like, she'll tell me and dad, like, if we're getting too much. And, like, okay. I make an effort not to be, like, too obnoxious because then I go home and I think, wow, everyone really hates me and wh- why they, why would they listen to my podcast, The Kennel Cough? Find <laughs> us on Facebook and I, uh, iTunes. Um, if I'm, like, annoying at the football, you know, I try to be a respectful patron. Yeah. But, and, like, Katie will, you know, she'll rein me in. But apparently even that game, because, like, what's – and um, what's who's the bloke that knocked out Callum Mills? Who's the – Dirty, uh, Tom dirty Bug. player. Yeah, there you go, Tom Bug. <laughs> and remember, he put up on Instagram like coming for you, Jason. Johansson? Yeah, you ready, uh. Jason Johansson? I was like, hey, how is Casey going, <laughs> Tom? Remember that time you used what to play bug. for GWS? Yeah, you big flog. But um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I remember they were like really having a go, and Katie was so upset. Like apparently she was like getting into him, and that is like that's saying something. So wow. and like Jack Watts as well, like run back to Brighton. <laughs> Jack Watts plays at Port Adelaide now. Yeah, I know. How weird to go from right. Melbourne to Port Adelaide. He probably loves like the authenticity of it. Yeah, but he's like still like nervous <laughs> talking to the fans because he thinks they're gonna like ask him for money or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to make him out into a, probably a heaps worse bloke than he is. But I will, I will continue that. Uh, any other players from Mel? I suppose, suppose the one player that. A lot of people. Jesse Hogan had a good one. Mm. Chaka had a good one. I watched. That was a like. It was good to watch that game. Quite open. Yeah, like, and, and just like a... watch Melbourne just do their thing, and I was like, oh, who have they got next? Oh, it's us. We're playing them next Great. week. A lot of people are talking about Jake Melksham. Um, yeah, he kicked like five goals the week before. Crazy. Like had the best champion, third or fourth best champion data game since like things began. Yeah. I was like, oh, Intense. cool, Melksham. So um, it'll be like, interesting. I. I, it's funny. Tom I'm on the I, Donald, Tommy Donald, yeah, the Ford. But I, I guess think, the good thing, sorry to interrupt, but like, I guess the good thing, if I forget what I was going to say, um, about having like a, we've kind of, if we can bring players in as well, mm-hmm. we've got a pretty big backline and they've got a pretty big, like Jesse Hogan, like McDonald. I can't think of anyone else, but I feel like they're, they're two tall. pretty big ones. Yeah, I feel like Tom McDonald is just like two men like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> but um, like width as well. He is a thick boy. Yeah, and like Viney's back. Yeah. Um. They really just have. I think Melbourne have done well to not have. Oh, Clayton Oliver. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. The source man, <laughs> roughest lid in the game. I'm on the uh, the AFL website right now, and they're predicted Melbourne by 41 points. Oh, that's pretty generous. Okay, Ryan Davidson. Oh, um, Ryan Davidson. Biased. No, I was going to say Ryan Davidson um, is being pretty nice. To us. Oh, really? Like, I'm expecting like a yeah. belting. I mean, they belted. What was the one against Carlton? Like a hundred and something. Yeah. And then I would definitely Adelaide. Say at least they absolutely 50. smoked as well. I've I have run out of, um, like optimism for yeah. this game. This is the game. I'm like, just it's a week. Get through to the bye. Yeah, it's a week before the bye. Let's just get through it. Okay. Let's do this. Angus Brayshaw started lining it up now that he's like recovered from his concussions. I would like to see him and Caleb Daniel go head to head or helmet to helmet. Yeah, yeah. Am I right, folks? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm just trying to think of like fun stuff that we could potentially look for in the game to keep us entertained. Um, another thing that's happening this week, and we touched on it 
earlier is it is the Sir Doug Nichols um, Indigenous round. You would have seen the um, AFL jerseys that are going around at the moment. The Western Bulldogs have a pretty flash one that was designed by a 16-year-old, which is outstanding. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, and you made a very good point about um, Marnbrook, like the original Indigenous sport that was played mm-hmm. uh, and how that pretty much um, developed, developed AFL. into so AFL. So this yeah. is the hill that I'm dying on. If you want to pay your respects to me, you can come to this hill and um, say goodbye because this is the hill I'm dying on. Um, Tom Wills, credited with like pretty much the invention of Australian rules football. Yes. Um, he grew up in, let me get this right because I don't want to say the wrong thing and I'm trying to make a very good point. So he grew up in like Western Victoria, mm-hmm. which they've found like transcripts. Uh, um, look, I'll be very specific. Monash University historian Professor Jenny Hocking found transcripts <laughs> placing Indigenous football, which is commonly known as Marmgrook, um, in the Western District of Victoria where Tom Wills grew up. Um, he was the son of a landowner, blah, blah, blah. And he was the only white child in the district in 1830s to 1840s, right? So he grew up playing with the Incas, like only other kids around him were Indigenous children. Um, he spoke the language and participated in corroborees and ceremonies. So you would therefore assume he had at least seen Marnbrook, if yes. not played it. Like, let's put our detective hats on to some s- historical sleuthing. Uh-huh. If you can speak the language and you especially participating in corroborees and ceremonies, I would imagine Marnbrook. And I've read a bit about Marnbrook and at least some of the time, it's like it would go for like, it was like Quidditch. It could go for like three days um, and everyone could play. So like basically like interchange was anyone you wanted, hop in and out like all the time, like men, women, children. So if he was participating in corroborees and ceremonies, I'm going to assume he was participating in Marnbrook. Yep. And then he went to rugby school. um, Literally, it's called rugby school. um, When he was 14. And so, you know, grew up in Australia, then went to England. And so that's why, you know, like Australian was football is like that combination of rugby and I would argue Mangrook, but it's not in um, the official AFL history. There's no mention of the fact that it like come. It's not, I think, especially during the Indigenous round, we talk about it a bit, but we don't really officially acknowledge it, which I think is just stupid. I mean, if we're going to dedicate a whole round to it, just go the whole way. We're 90% there. Let's... Let's acknowledge that this game was founded on Marnbrook. Yeah, that's an yeah, sport. and it's pretty like it's pretty obvious. Um, and the other thing as well that I found really interesting is in the rules written down of like you know Tom Wills and the other blokes like first kind of draft I guess of the rules. Um, Mark is put in like obviously the act of catching the ball in the full yep. is um, in quotation marks and um, some uh, communities like in some uh, in the. Let me try that. I'm going to say that sentence better. Some of um, some people called in Mangrook, like when you catch the ball. Yeah. Um, they called it a mumak, and because they've put it in like quotation marks, it's kind of obvious that he's like taken it. It wasn't just like because like mark is not a term in any other sport. I'm pretty sure. I think Gaelic football just introduced it, but because they copied it from AFL. So, oh, Australian rules football. I mean, AFL is not a sport, it's a league. Um, <laughs> Victorian rules was always known. Yeah, yes. So, very interesting. Um, and I think it's cool. Another cool thing about Marmbrook is that they used to, a lot of the um, people in the Kulin Nation and, like, obviously specifically Wurundjeri people would come down to near the Yarra to play, pretty yeah. much, like, where the MCG MCG. is now. So, I think that's pretty sick. That's amazing. Interesting to know. Um, and, yeah, so obviously, like, AFL and... Oh, Australian football. And Mangrook kind of, you know, together. Yeah, definitely. Intertwined. Another cool thing, local oval in Diamond Creek is called the Mangrook Oval. Ah, that's awesome. Just You're local. Uh, yep. Yep. I eat my lunch there when I work <laughs> at the pool. So, um, yes. We um, we were trying to brainstorm all of the Western Bulldogs players with Indigenous um, backgrounds. Obviously, we don't have any on our list at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, at, I mean, we could cut... We, Joel Hamling, who was a premiership player, yep. Indigenous background. Kobe Stevens um, wasn't in, uh, an a, a sorry a premiership player, but you know was on our list for a long time. Yep. Michael McLean's probably arguably our best Indigenous. Yeah, so he was in the player. Indigenous team of the century. I think. Oh right, there you go. Off the top of my head. As was Winmar, who obviously didn't yes. play his best. <laughs> Footscray <adult>. legend, <laughs> Nicky Winmar. Still came to Footscray. Do you know he used to play for St Kilda as well? Oh, I don't know if you knew that. Know. It's kind of like a well kept secret. <laughs> Uh, Liam Jones was another one mm-hmm. 
who um, is obviously doing some nice things at Carlton at the moment. Um, one of the Cracker Brothers played at the Western Bulldogs. I can't remember which one. Uh, <laughs> Zeph Skinner, who was a bit of a forgotten yes. cult hero. Forgotten. Um, and your Facebook friend, <laughs> I believe. So this is the most random thing. I must have been like 13 years old when he was on the dogs list and I obviously tracked him down and added him. And he didn't accept me until like three weeks ago. He heard about the kennel cough. He's like, yeah. I've got to get a, me a piece of that. So Zeph, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for accepting my friend request. Uh, <laughs> Let's catch up soon. Let's uh, let's do stuff. Uh, and then Brett Goods was a yep. gun. In and that. he still works for the Bulldogs, I think. I yeah, think he yeah, heads yeah. up the Ballarat office. That so, bit. yeah, he couldn't – yeah, he was never um, – like, didn't really set the world on fire like his brother did, but um, he still, was a handy player. He was a good yeah. – and obviously, like, a person – I don't even imagine anyone from the Goods family would be of good enough character to like, keep them around and give them, like, a pretty right. um, good job – I thought it was interesting as well when um, the whole Adam Good stuff was happening. Um, and Facebook is a interesting medium. And I had somebody saying, you know, something not particularly positive about Adam Goods. And then somebody else was like, yeah, that's right, because his brother plays for our team and he doesn't get booed. So it must, it's not because he's Aboriginal, it's because he's Adam Goods or whatever. And I was like, mate, it was when. And it was when Brett Goods was out with like a broken arm and he barely got a game. And it was just like, you just show, oh, he doesn't get booed. He doesn't get booed because he's not on the park, champ. Like, <laughs> um, and I think, um, yeah, like I've got some opinions on that sort of thing. But um, oh. yeah, but I think Brett, Good- Brett Goods, he always seemed like a really good clubman and he was always like around. And yeah, like I was saying before, like still works at the Bulldogs. That's cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm very happy. And while we're on that topic... Um, Bob Murphy, when he wore that number 37, um, it was like at the height of the booing. And then yeah. you know, the Western Bulldogs all wore their Indigenous jersey against Essendon. Um, Bob when Murphy wore happening. number 37 at the coin toss. And like, I thought that was the best stance from the Western Bulldogs. because Yeah. And then um, Bob's written an article about it this yeah. week as his weekly article. So you can read more about that there. Don't want to... Don't listen to it on the podcast, though, if he even mentions it. I don't know if he mentions it on their podcast, but you can just read the article. (laughs) Get straight to the point. But I thought that, yeah, I think that's, like, the kind of least you can do is show support. Um, And, yeah, we were talking as well, like, we don't have, like, a particularly strong, like, Indigenous culture at the Bulldogs. And I guess, like, so then, like, therefore the club's not necessarily as attractive to Indigenous players if they're looking for a new club. But then because we don't attract Indigenous players, we haven't got somebody there to kind of help build that culture and make sure it's like culturally sensitive and stuff like that so i think um our reconciliation action plan is in the works due to be released soon we have a career youth leadership project now which um supports aboriginal and or torres strait islander young people um and they provide opportunities through the bulldogs like as a way of encouraging leadership um within their local communities which is pretty cool um and if you're interested in like reconciliation week stuff because obviously i don't I don't know if Indigenous Round always used to coincide with Reconciliation Week. Yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm not even entirely sure. I think it coincided with the Long Walk, which then became around like, Reconciliation Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, the Dream Time game and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. You can probably just, like, check it into Google, see if, like, hmm. your local council is doing something. But I guess, like, the main thing that you can kind of do, and, like, you can, like, obviously, like, I would try to do myself, like, all year is just making sure... If somebody says something like stupid that you don't let it slide, because I think there's the and like we kind of saw with the stuff with Adam Goods is that people kind of just accept that the way that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples are treated in this country is just like the norm, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually extremely bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and the things that were like said about Adam Goods and the way that it was just kind of let to fest like left to fester. Um, I think, unfortunately, says a lot about the way that we treat um, the, like, custodians of this country because, like, no one ever, like, the land was never, like, officially given. Like, I mean, terra, terra nullius is officially a legal fiction. Yeah. So, um, like, I could talk about it all day. But, yeah, I think it, there's a lot that needs to be done to kind of shift this and, like, make sure the stuff with Adam Goods never happens again. And I think that AFL kind of now know that, like, if this sort of thing starts brewing again, they've got to, like, clamp down on it. Yep. And they've kind of got to make a bigger stance because, yeah, it was just left to kind of get worse and worse and worse. And I feel 
bad for Adam Goods because, like, I mean, he was a phenomenal player. Um, he won all Australians as a was it a ruck, yeah, a forward and a mid, yeah, something like, like dual that. Dual round though, medalists. And, yeah, exactly. And, and no one's anyone else with those sort of credentials would be remembered completely differently. Yep. Versus how he is now, and I think he's pretty open to stuff as well. Like he said, he'd be happy to come back into AFL industry. I know him mm. and um, oh, his name's escaped me. Played for Sydney as well. Michael O'Loughlin? Yes. Yeah. Mickey O. Mickey I was o. thinking of like his nickname and I couldn't think of it. <laughs> um, they have a thing up in Sydney um, for Aboriginal kids in the area, like who are from that area, because when they moved over there, um, everyone was so wonderful to them that they wanted to like give back and stuff. So like he does a lot of good stuff. And I think it's sad that this sort of like whole controversy will be what he's kind of remembered for. Yeah, and awesome. so like the best thing you can do and like try to do is just making sure like even in like everybody's little sort of area making sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen and it's not like it should never happen on any scale to anyone like you don't have to be like a dual low medalist yeah um for your you know personhood to be not ripped apart if you know what i mean like you yeah, don't have to be and another thing about adam goodswell and football, like bringing it kind of back to football, is he wrote a really interesting article, you can probably Google it, I think it was for The Age, um, where he explained like how, like the differences, how Indigenous players are treated, like saying like, oh, you know, Cyril, he's magic. And he's like, he doesn't show up on the field, like cast a spell and get, you know, take a hanger and do all this. Like he trains as hard as anybody else, like if not harder, because Mm. he wants to be that good. Like he wasn't just born, like yes, he has natural attributes, but... Like, he actually has to work really hard to refine them. So I thought that was interesting as well. But um, I think this will be a good... I think each year Indigenous round, like Sir Doug Nichols' Indigenous round now, because that's a recent thing as well, um, becomes more um, prestigious, I guess. And, like, it's it's got a lot more fanfare now than it used to. Like, oh, yeah, like a couple of... Like, teams bring out the Guernseys, like, a lot earlier. They have stories about them, like, more people are involved creating them and stuff like that. So I think each year it's getting better, but I think the main thing, I guess, is to kind of, like, keep that sort of, like, pride for um, Indigenous culture the whole year through. Definitely. And not just when it's, like, fun to market. Yeah, just, like, one one week. Um, One thing that I'm looking forward to a lot is the Adam Goods documentary that's being made. Oh, yeah. called The Australian Dream, I think it is, and... Uh, I think it's in production, but yeah, it's going to be. I think that when that gets released, I think there'll be a lot of people that go, "That was really, really bad. Like that was not great." Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, it's something that we're obviously very passionate about, um, and we're going to be doing the acknowledgement of country for every show from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the least that we can do. Um, but as we said, yeah, make sure you call out people that are being nuffies at the footy. Yeah, exactly. Like, call out, call it out. Yeah, or get the big seckies yeah, come and exactly. literally rip them out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Um, that wraps up our show for today. It's been a good one. It's been a long one. We've also got a very exciting bonus episode coming out later this week, so yes. stay tuned for that. Are we going to... No, let's keep it... Oh. His name starts with an L mm-hmm. and ends with a young. <laughs> He's coming on the podcast. Yeah, uh, try and guess that one. Yeah. Woo! Cryptic. <laughs> who's, the, who's coming? Um, yeah, but that'll be coming out later this week. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, tweet at us, and follow us on Twitter. Uh, and also, like us on, um, not like us, uh, review us on twi- uh, Twitter, iTunes. Something. I always, uh, <laughs> I always fumble at the end here. You do. I feel like we need to write it out for you or something <laughs> to remember which one. We've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, and we're on podcasting services. Whichever podcasting service you like to use. Yep. It's Thanks your very life. much. <laughs> See you later.